Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or lost your 10th gratitude journal, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. Hi friends, before we get into today's episode of the podcast, I wanted to have a little conversation about your holiday shopping. So have you started getting ready for this holiday season? I know it's going to be different than other holiday seasons before, and I really want to encourage us all to shop local whenever possible. That means I'm inviting you to take a look at my shop at wakeupwithgratitude.com. So I love to take photos of my local environment. I live on Vancouver Island, one of the most beautiful places in the world, and I just am so passionate about sharing my photography. This year, I created a calendar for 2021. It's called Lanceville Landscapes. Lanceville is the little seaside village where I live, and there's access to so many beaches right outside my front door. So I've put some of my favorite images into a calendar for you. So you can head right over to my website and the calendar is available for you there. I do ship uh, across Canada for a flat fee and I would love to have my pictures hanging on your kitchen or your office wall for 2021. And even if you're not shopping from my store this year, please, please reach out to your local shops, especially the smaller, you know, one or two person owned businesses, because a lot of them are really struggling right now. And just purchasing holiday gifts from them might actually make a really big difference for them to be able to survive into 2021. So here we go with another brand new episode of the wake up with gratitude podcast. This interview with Elena Fulvio is truly magical. I encourage you to listen to the full thing, even if you have to do it in a couple of different sessions, because it is longer than my usual interviews, but we were creating something really magical together and I didn't want the interview to end. In fact, I found myself taking notes as we went through this interview. It's just so exciting to connect with someone who is just really, really powerful and confident and just has so much love in her heart. Elena Fulvio is a multi-passionate serial entrepreneur. She's an executive advisor and female coach who loves to play in the space of the unknown. She follows her heart and her intuition and loves deeply and without regret. Elena lost her true love, Robbie Bigley, only 14 days after their wedding at the age of 34. She bravely shares how that experience has shaped her journey for the better. We talk about being authentic and surrendering to the experience and how that leads to truly living our soul's journey. As Elena puts it, when you bring love first, magic happens. This interview brought me to tears twice. Elena Fulvio is a 13 time record holding skydiver with over 3,500 jumps and the founder of Pendulum Global and is a woman's freedom and breakthrough coach. She's the host of the We Leaders podcast with Elena Fulvio and is known to be a super connector. Elena also quit her corporate job in 2014 and completed a solo travel journey across the United States in her RV. Please help me welcome Elena. 
Hello and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I have a very special guest all the way from Silicon Valley, California. Welcome to Elena Fulvio. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Me too. We've actually been chatting for about half an hour before we started recording, and I was like, we need to get this thing going because you're sharing so much goodness, and we, we have just met. We met through a group of podcasters who connect about, you know, being on each other's podcasts and being guests. And we kind of chased each other on email for a while. And for some reason, we just kept coming back, coming back, because I knew there was a reason we needed to connect. And not only is she the founder of Pendulum and a global breakthrough coach, she is also the podcast host of We Leaders with uh, Elena Fulvio. She is what we call a super connector. But so much more than that, she's a 13-time record-holding skydiver with over 3,500 jumps. She, if you are watching the video, you can see her solo travel journey on the map behind her in red. She is a female solo traveler, which is also an incredible accomplishment. Uh, she's an intuit and a seeker. So she definitely uh, uses her intuition, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you know we love to talk about the value of following our intuition. But more than that, Elena is like me, a multi-passionate entrepreneur, a person who allows herself to take her dreams in whichever direction they go, even if all the pieces don't seem to all fit together at the same time, it's all a part of who she is. So I'm very excited to bring her story to you today and to share some of these incredible experiences that she's had and then talk about you know how gratitude fits into this. So if you don't mind just sharing uh, a little bit of this story, I know there's a lot to share, but just yeah. you know, share with us some of the most uh, important highlights of your story. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I'm really, because again, you said we, we spoke a lot even before we started this and it, I just felt like this gratitude exchange going back and forth, it was really beautiful. Uh, I'm really happy to be here and um, sharing my story as well. And you intro great in terms of a bit about me too. So, um, and weaving in gratitude as well, all through my life, it's very interesting because I have had these high highs, low lows, like at six years old, um, I was hit by a car. He kept driving accidentally and came out. I wasn't breathing. My mom, grandmother watched it. And yeah, and um, I lived and actually all I had was a fractured pelvis and a little bit of the road rash, um, but I was in the hospital and uh, a gratitude aspect from there is my dad asked me at six, he said, you know, do you want to, do you want to go after this kid, you know, who's 17, you know, what do you think Elena? And I said, how is he doing? Is he doing okay? And she, and he looked at me and he goes, wow. And he, cause I really felt for him as well. Cause he was part of what, what was happening, Right. So fast forward, I became an athlete. Um, I was Olympic development athlete in soccer, but I played basketball, volleyball, everything throughout my entire uh, growing up all the way up through college. And then um, one year, my junior year in college, I wanted to go abroad. So I went to Florence, Italy. I loved it. I fell back in love with my part of my heritage because I'm Italian and Czech. And uh, I just felt home again. I call it home. And so when I came back, I graduated and I said, I'm going back. And uh, so I packed away money. I knew if I got into a regular job, 
that I would probably not leave. And so not that waitressing is not a regular job, but I knew that I was going to take my degree in another, my sociology degree in another path. So um, I became a waitress, packed all this money away and moved with no job and no home. Um, and I had an Italian boyfriend, but I knew I was only going to stay with them for a couple of weeks. And then I was off on my own, right? Because I just love, I love not knowing anybody and having to see the greatness in everybody and possibility, right? Because when you walk around and everyone's a stranger, they're just waiting to be smiled at or said hi to, and not everyone will return the favor, but I think people are just waiting for us to, to connect, you know? And so um, in, in the space of the unknown, which I play a lot, I did that, then I came back and uh, I became a high-tech recruiter uh, in the Silicon Valley. Uh, big during the wave of the dot bomb. And uh, no, a year prior, I started skydiving. And people ask me all the time, why, why did you try, start skydiving? You're an adrenaline junkie. And actually, when I got home from Italy, I was at, I was just, I didn't have a purpose. And I wasn't being pulled in one way. I was in a sales job selling copiers and printers. So it's not like it was fulfilling my soul. And I went, okay, this can't be what I, my purpose is. And then I wanted to be back in Italy, but I wanted to be here. And I thought, okay, stop. I need to feel life. And feeling life a lot for me is one, being in my purpose. But if I'm not there, do something that, that breaks the pattern of this monotony, not knowing. Uh, and I had a friend who was a, a tandem master. And I said, I'm coming out to take, make a skydive. And he goes, I thought you were petrified. I said, oh yeah, and I'm probably going to die on it. <laughs> Literally, I was so scared. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, we should not be jumping out of this plane. This is crazy. But I said, Elena, go do something that you would never do and see, because if they can do it, you can do it. And I thought, okay. So I did it, landed. The video guy goes, wasn't that, like, two thumbs up. Wasn't that great? And I said, yes. And in my mind, I go, you liar. You did not love that. You did not love it. On the video, I look amazing, like happy, smiling, I, I did not authentically surrender to the experience of skydiving. I, I need to pause for one second in this story because I, yeah. this right here, what you just said is actually bringing tears to my eyes. Mm. You just said, I did not authentically surrender to the experience. Mm -hmm. Can we just spend a little bit of time here? Cause that is it's actually like bringing up a, a physical, emotional reaction for me. Um, what does that mean for you? Why was that such a, a moment for you? Yeah. So for me, for me with the authentic surrender, cause you can surrender for me, it was, I wasn't allowing myself to live in every form of my life. Meaning I didn't, I didn't allow myself to be my authentic truth in that moment and feel everything that came up, feel, give myself the opportunity to feel fear or give myself opportunity to feel joy or give myself the opportunity. I boxed in the experience, which is not authentic to me. And I didn't surrender and I try to make it what I thought it should be to survive. And so survival mode is not authenticity. I mean, we do it as humans, but the authentic surrender, which is, I did the second one, by the way, that same day. Oh, right away. <laughs> oh, right away. Oh, well, I can't, I can't. That's how I, that's how I roll. I always, 
if I know I've been inauthentic yeah. and I know that I need to just go experience it, I don't like to wait. I just go. Um, and I went and signed up and, and actually to the, to the authentic surrendering when I got, I said, what are you going to do? What is inside of you? What, what, like, what's the inauthenticity that's there? And the inauthenticity was, was I was scared to experience something that I had created in my head was not capable of being experienced with joy right? Or experience with love. Um, and I'll, you know, same thing that relates to uh, my late husband as well, which same thing. I never didn't think that there could be that, that true love like that. And when I, they got me to, to the door of the plane, my friend held me out a little bit longer than he probably should have just to scare me. And I said, Elena, well, that inauthenticity is not you. You deserve to live. You deserve to feel everything that comes out. And what you're going to do is when he jumps out, you're going to yell, get all that yuck and muck out, get it out. And I just like, you scream. I was like, wah, and I just saw it like, come on, I got chills. I just saw it just coming out. And I was able to feel the air and actually experience the smile of the videographer and my laughter of how just nutty this was and, and feel my friend on my back and go, wow, there's San Francisco over there. Wow. There, you know, and to authentically surrender to the experience of life of allows, allows me at least, I think, or allows you to be able to actually experience um, the trueness and the beauty of the moments um, of life. That's my take. Um, so. And at the same time, it also, you cannot live in fear and experience the experience in an authentic way. Right. It also opens us up to hurt and pain and emotional upheaval, absolutely. But you and I both know that it's always, it always ends up being worth it. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned uh, just in passing your late husband, you told me the beautiful story about how you met you know, through the skydiving community and how both yeah. of you were inauthentic to each other before you really connected. And then as soon as you became authentic, so what happened? All of a sudden you, you know, you and you've been like playing games, I guess, thinking what does the yeah. other person want? And then all of a sudden you just decided this is yeah. the moment for me to be authentic. Can you share that with us? Yeah, it was, it was by far one of the most magical moments of my life, not just for me, but with another human, right? And so when you, well, I always believe when you're authentic with yourself, there's nothing for you to hide and the other person gets to actually decide if it's right for them or not. But if you're being unauthentic, they still get to decide, but you're not offering them the possibility. Um, and so, so yeah, so fast forward, I became a skydiver. I was jumping out of one location um, I elevated to a level where I need, needed to go be a little fish in a big pond. That's what I do. Um, you know, when I know I've hit a ceiling, mm -hmm. um, I need to go learn from others. And so I went over to this drop zone Lodi and there were some of the best in the world. Uh, and there was one named Robbie Bigley. And, um, I always thought he was nerdy. I wasn't interested or attracted. Um, my psychologist reminded me of uh, my ex-boyfriends who were magical, but she goes, this one seems different. Just, she goes, just give it a shot. And I really just didn't really, I really didn't think it was really love. I just thought I was too much of a, 
of a woman or a human for one person to love because I, you know, play it on the corporate side and then I'll sleep in the back of my car and I'll, I'll hippie out, you know, those types of things. So with Robbie and I, uh, we met and we just kind of played a little dance, nothing major, but then I, I was very quiet. I wasn't uh, gregarious or joyful or interactive and like the meeting strangers type of person. And he was, everyone termed him the nice guy. He was just the nicest guy. And I was like, you're not the nicest guy at all. He wasn't nice to me. And so um, he was okay to me, but he wasn't very nice. And so it confused me. And so one day I, I actually asked myself, who are you being Elena? Like, who are you being to yourself and to everyone? Cause it wasn't just with him. And I thought, I'm going to just going to take responsibility for this and I'm going to tell him and I'm going to let the cards land where they land. And so, uh, I walked up to him, we were at a bonfire and I walked up to him and I said, Robbie, cause we had not been, it wasn't really, there was no connection. We were just kind of confused, I think by each other, but neither of us were saying anything. And I said, Robbie, I just want to let you know, um, that I'm not this shy, meek woman that you've been seeing and I'm super playful and I'm fun. And I, I like to laugh a lot and I'm more outgoing than I've shown you. And I said, so who you come to know is not really who I am. That's who I am when I'm scared. Actually, I was quite mm-hmm. nervous. I was, in, I was actually in fear. That's who I was in fear. And I said, I'm not that. And if you like me the way you like me, this is who I am. This is what you see is what you're going to get. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh my God. He goes, I've been being a jerk to you on purpose. And I said, why? I said, what? what do you mean you've been being a jerk? I said, that's ridiculous. I said, all your friends say you're the nicest guy. And I said, it confused me. I said, like the other night when I called you out and I said, you're not the nicest guy. You didn't say a word. He goes, I am. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I was the guy that never got the girl. He goes, and I watched my guy friends being a jerk to these girls and they got the girl every time he goes. And I really, he's like, you're amazing. He goes, and I wanted to, to get you. He goes, so I decided to be a jerk. And I said, wrong move. (laughs) I said, I'm the girl that wanted the nice guy. And he goes, I know. He goes, I really thought I screwed up a couple of weeks ago because we had this moment. And he goes, can I just be a nice guy now? I go, are you really a nice guy? And he goes, yeah, I really am a nice guy. And I was like, really? You're nice. He goes, I am. He goes, can I just be, and he's like shoulder shrug. He goes, can I just be a nice guy? And I'm like, oh my God. And I, I get tears in my eyes because he's, he was just, it was that moment of watching someone surrender authentically, like surrender into their authenticity. Yeah. And both of us just kind of melted into peace and ease. And it was such a nice, beautiful moment. Um, and that was a really beautiful moment. And uh, I, we went on to make hundreds more skydives and uh, he graduated, got his PhD in biomedical engineering, and he's a super smarty pants too. And um, I, he, I didn't realize we were, we were at home one day and um, I didn't plan on him living because I had my rules. I didn't plan on him living with me that quickly, but he graduated. And I'd asked him to move out, um, not because I didn't want to be with him, but because it was like 10 months into our relationship. I'm like, we don't, I'm not going to live with you that quickly. That's, that's quick. Let's date. And he looks at me and he goes, but if you're the one, why would I leave? And I was like, what? I'm the one? And he goes, mm-hmm. and he just kept typing. I'm like, Robbie, are you telling me that I'm the one? He said, yeah, you're the one. And he just kept, he would just do that. Um, and so we weren't even together a whole three years. And we got married on August 29th, 2009. 
beautiful wedding, magical. He actually, it was really beautiful. Uh, we said, we're not going to write our vows. I said, babe, let's not write our vows. Let's just, let's let our hearts meet in that moment and just say it. Well, I ended up writing something that morning. Well, he called one of my friends because I speak Italian and he said, um, can you please help me translate? So we get, I don't know this, we get onto the, to the altar, whatever it was. And our priest goes, who wants to go first? And both of us go, uh, me. And he goes, Robbie. And I'm like, darn. And Robbie goes, tesoro mio. And he says it without a paper. He says four lines in it. I mean, just like my chills right now. He says four lines. This was under 24 hours. He memorized four lines for me in Italian. And I just was like, who are you? And that's who he was. He was a kind, loving, good guy. And, uh, and then I gave him mine as well. And um, so I had negotiated two honeymoons because I love to travel. And, you know, if I can if I can use a situation to my advantage, I will. And um, we went to Mexico, came back. I got a little bit sick that weekend. Uh, we were going to go out and skydive together. And uh, so he went out and he was going to come back on, on Saturday night, begged me to come back because he wanted to see me. But it's like a two hour round trip, uh, two hour one way. And then four hour round trip. I'm like, just stay out there. He was competing with his um, friends. He essentially was going to be the Michael Phelps of, um, of skydiving. Who's going to get a world record and everything. So Sunday, uh, I talked to him that Saturday night. It was really fun because they had been drinking and he was just gooey, gooey, lovey, lovey on this call. And the next morning, I guess he called twice. I didn't see it. So I called him back and it's typical for a skydiver to not pick up because we're jumping. And uh, about three o'clock, I got a, a phone call. And two, about two months prior, I had, as a seer and into it, I started getting this message and this recurring voice and the same voice that said something about him to me in the beginning, but it was, he's one of the good ones. They don't last long. He's one of the good ones. They don't last long. And I thought, oh, I just love him. I, I just love him. And so three o'clock that, that phone rang, boom. And I thought, oh, it's my friend, Stephanie, like in an instant to borrow my gear. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the call. This is the call. And it was the call. It was my friend, Stephanie, hysterical, screaming, I, Robbie's dead, Robbie's dead, Robbie's dead. And I'm like, are you sure? She's like, no. So I made her go away, go find out. And she's just screaming, Robbie's dead. So 15 days after we got married, I got married to the guy who I never thought I would find. And he, he's like, I never thought I'd get married. Um, he had an accident with another woman and their parachutes did open. Everyone asked me that the parachutes opened. Um, if you ever go online, you can look at the kite. It's really beautiful. They open up their parachutes and they hook their feet in and they both got tangled and they both um, died. He died for the force and she died per impact. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm 34. He's 32. Neither of us ever thought we'd find that person. And we found each other and he quickly goes. I'm like at the high of my high of wow. Like this is actually possible. And I'm so filled with this different kind of love that I've never felt before. And then he dies and my whole, everything blew. I mean, I had, there was no emotion. My friend, actually one friend, she goes, you're just gray. Mm. And it, it was true. I, I had no, but I called my parents. So this was one of my strategies was I called my dad and I said, dad, I need three things. One, call my psychologist. I need her ASAP. Yeah. Two, um, can you please research for me? Because when you become an instant widow like that, your mind doesn't work right. And I had the wherewithal to say that. I said, can you please go find me um, either widow groups or, or groups to talk to? 
can you go research that for me? I'm going to need to hear people because I don't, I don't get this. I, I'm not going to get this. And then three, when my friends want to come over and support me, tell them yes, even though I don't want them here because I didn't want anyone around. I just wanted to die. I mean, I just wanted to like, it was so painful. Every morning I woke up, I like my eyes would open and I'm like, oh, I'm still here. But it wasn't for lack of like gratitude. It wasn't lack of anything. It was just the pure, sheer devastation. And um, the, I, you could say the, the pivotal point for me in that was about three months in. And um, the sun was shining through in my bedroom. And I asked myself, I said, okay, Elena, because someone had just called me a widow. And I was like, what? what? I'm a widow. I guess I am a widow. Weird. I was 34. So I, I Googled widow and it said, you know, someone who, and I'm like, that's it. That's all I got as a widow. Like there's no like silver lining. Like where's the, where's the positive part of that? And I thought, oh, I'm defining my widow. So the book will be coming out defining my widow. But so I put my hands out. I sat in front of the, in front of the, the sun and the blue sky. And I just said, all right, today is the day. Left hand is you choose to not experience this path. And if you do that, you are kill yourself today. There was no plan to do it, but there was, you're going to live a living hell, death. That's your left hand. Your right hand is that wall of fire. That's what I saw. You, you just, go, you go for it. You experience, like the skydive, you experience every single joy, grief, everything that comes with it. And you define your path and it might try to define it for you. And then I just dropped my left hand and I said, not today. I said, let's do this. And so I decided to take on, it's really, I, we talked about that. It's, it's was the greatest tragedy and the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I've never, I knew love was important, not love, just like partner love, but love as a global thing yeah. um, that is the uniter of everything and the creator of everything. Um, it reinforced in me that love is all and that for me to surrender to the experience of being the quote widow also has me surrender to being able to feel the gratitude for the experience because it was terrible, but him dying and so quickly, and I call myself now the momentist, I, every moment to me is palpable and not in a kind of a crazy way, but it's in a, like our time together right here is so valuable and so important and so magical. And we didn't know each other before, you know, a leaf falling. And I'm like, wow, how long has that leaf been there? What's you know, just different things, you know? So I wake up, I mean, every day, you know, it's on a day you don't think, I don't think about him, but I have a lot of, and, and as the journey went on, I have far more gratitude and far more capability to learn from who he was, who we were, and to keep that going and to, and to bring that into my life. So, and since he passed, um, I think, well, I have a total of 13 world records and I think of about three or four state records. Uh, I did at least half of those after he died. And so I, I did get back out there. It took me six months because I just didn't have any emotion. I didn't, there was no joy. Um, but I just kept going, you know, one foot in front of the other. And I had people saying things, which was really beautiful. Like my God, mom, she just was, she gave me the quote, you know, courage doesn't always roar. Um, you know, you allow your, essentially allow yourself to have that moment. Don't beat yourself up about it and you'll try again tomorrow. And so that gave me 
it gave me the compassion I needed to say, all right, not everything's going to be solved. Like making the second skydive in the same day. That's how I work. I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. And you can't just let's do this grief. <laughs> you know? so, Unfortunately, no grief doesn't, there's no timeline for grief. There isn't, there isn't a timeline and it's the decisions no. that we make. And you know, Elena, like, first of all, thank you so much for really sharing this story with us in such a, a way that we feel it with you because we all go through tragedy and trauma and there isn't a person that I know that has not been through some kind of trauma or tragedy in their life. It's just part of being a human and living a human experience. And I think back to what you said right at the beginning of when we started talking, which was the authentic surrender to the experience. And you did that with your late husband. You decided in that moment where you're like, no more mask, no more hiding. I'm just going to be me and you love it or you don't. And it led to this deep love that you didn't even know existed. And I, I want people that are listening. I want you to pause for a sec with us. I want you to pause and I want you to just think about where in your life are you not being authentic and what is it costing you? Yeah. Because some might say, oh my gosh, like, you know, this is terrible. Like you only had, you know, a couple of weeks with him. Like what, but what would it have cost you to not have that? Oh yeah. I think is the more painful thing to think about is what if you'd never had that experience? I love also how you bring it back to this global love, this not about a partner love, this love as the creation of all. Um, I'm reading some really interesting things right now. Um, I mentioned back to this podcast a couple of times, but um, Jared Krebs and I had this great conversation about love, uh, about, um, you know, really what it's like to have like a true and authentic love that comes from your heart and goes out to the entire world. And that you and I come back to this again. I think this is something for people to just, if you're listening or watching, I really encourage you to, to take this in, maybe go back for a couple minutes, listen to her story again. This is very powerful work that you're doing. And I, I'm so just excited that we're bringing this message to more people. So because usually we're, you know, wrapping things up around this time, but I want to touch on one more part of your story before we wrap up, which is you mentioned you do the corporate thing, you work with leaders, you do all that, and you live in your van with your flip flops. Can you (laughs) share with me a little bit about, because you mentioned you went through a burnout, you gave it all up. And then this map behind you with this beautiful red line manifested. So if you don't mind just telling us a little bit about how do you go from like your widow career to the van? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is a lot, actually. It's true. Um, One thing as you were talking that came up to me was that living my truth, every time I went through a tragedy or I, I went through something, living my truth and being connected to what that feels like if I'm authentic or inauthentic inside my soul is very, very present. And um, I think all of us can say that sometimes we're not living our authentic truth and we can feel it. You know, you feel it when your, your soul's not really fulfilled. So uh, in 20, about 2012, 2013, I mean, I was working for some of the biggest 
global organizations internally, like LinkedIn, I took them public, GoPro, et cetera. So I was in the, the Mecca of all Meccas. It does not mean that you're fulfilled. And so for me, my fulfillment came with human connection and for people to actually make human centricity first and then the rest will come with it because really we're here together. And that was a lacking that is still lacking uh, in the Bay area, but it was a major lacking and I felt my soul slowly dying. Uh, and so I, once again, I chose authenticity. I chose my authentic self. Like when I said to Robbie, this is, this is not who I am. I said to myself, this is not who you are. And you have a choice of how that's, you have a say in how your life goes. And I said to myself, what, what do you really want? And I, my answer back to myself was pure freedom, freedom of, of breath, of movement, of choice. Like choice is a big one, especially when, you know, I don't know, it, not just when you work for other people, but I, I then asked myself, what does that look like? And I thought, I, I, I dated a guy who lived out of his van and I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought, wow, I can be on the road meeting strangers with no plan. I love having no plan. I, I could just drive or go into countries with no plan and the most magic things happen because, well, and I teach this to my females and I, people get mad at me saying females, but it's female, women, women, um, is how to go anywhere and create what you want because it all stems from love. It's just what it stems from. And uh, so I loved myself into this journey and the map behind me, people said, well, how did you decide where you went? And I said, well, I just wanted to chase the sun. I love the sun. I'm not a winter girl. And so I left in August and I had told myself, you're buying the RV and you're just going to take, you're going to pack the money away. So you don't, I don't have to work. I have no one to call, nowhere to be, nothing, pure freedom. That, that was my definition of freedom. And uh, when I bought the RV, actually, then my, my employer at the time went, you really bought the RV? And I said, yes, I really bought the RV. And they didn't quite believe it. Um, people, some people were saying to me, God, you don't have a job when you come back. And I'm like, no, isn't it great? Mm -hmm. And they go, no, that's scary. And I said, you know how many jobs are going to be out there? I'll figure something. I'll figure something out. So I turned the key on August 7th and at 11, 11 a.m. And I just started driving. And it was a year, a month, and two days. And people are like, how do you know the days? I'm like, because when you have a, a freedom journey, <laughs> you know, you know, you know how long it goes. And so um, the second day was the first, I called it my soul journey. Um, it turned into what I call the journey of souls because I was met the second day because I, I was, oh, this is just one little short story. I was driving down this beautiful Idaho because I, I blazed through Nevada from California to Idaho, driving up this two lane little highway. And the moment that I knew that I was going to be battling the shoulds and my authenticity came and I saw this, this old rickety house tilted to the side wheat going like this in the, in the air and just nothing. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm in nowhere. I don't even know where I am. And I saw this road and I went, I want to stop there. And the should went, oh no, you have to get to where you got to get. And it just like battled each other for about 20 seconds. And I went, whoa, this is my journey. So I looked behind me. Of course, there's no one around. I stopped, turned around and I have the picture of it. And I parked on that road, turned the RV off and I just sat there and I went, I can. It's my life, my life. And it Sounds sometimes people going, well, of course it's your life. If, if you, you know, 
you ever had that moment where you didn't choose you or you thought you couldn't or you shouldn't? That's not you being authentic. That's, it's, it's a human thing. It's normal. Um, but what happened right there, I, this old beat up truck came up by me and he goes, excuse me. And I said, yes. And he goes, darling, are you okay? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm great actually. He goes, are you broken down? And I go, no. I said, I'm just taking in the view. Oh my gosh. We just, we got out, we started talking and Butch became my first soul that loved me. He instantly loved me. He was like, Oh, I'll tell you this or that. My neighbor's too close. They're a mile and a half away. I can see their smoke from their chimney. It's too far, too close. And then he guided me to where I was going to sleep for the night at his friend's um, RV park. And all because, and I say this, and I just wrote about this recently, because I write as well, is that when you bring love first, you don't bring judgment. I mean, he probably judged a little bit like confused, but when you bring love first, magic happens. Like the world happens for you, right? And as I journeyed along, um, I just, people ask me all the time, well, how do you meet strangers so, so easily? And I say, I don't even meet, I don't meet strangers. We fall in love. Like fall in love, like, ah, like barriers go down. And I have more people say to me, I have never told anyone this and I've known you for two minutes. I'm your taxi driver. And they're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I love you? And they're like, what? And I'm like, I love you. They're like, that's why I told you. And it's just, you bring love because if everyone wants love and we might be fearful of it, like the skydive and whatnot, but this was my love journey. This was me loving myself into my truth. And I wasn't sure what was going to come out on the other side. And what came out on the other side was um, a lot of self-work on the road trip, tons of new friends, um, the knowledge that I can choose me. Um, and, you know, the freedom is a big thing. And that's what I teach in my course. And with these, with these women as well as, you know, having freedom, safety, and living in your purpose and truth in authentic authenticity, whatever it means for you. Some, I met a woman on the road. This was, I'll give a short, quick, quick one. It was really cute. Uh, I think she was, we were in the deep South pumping gas, beautiful black woman, probably about 70. She, she goes around the corner. She goes, darling, she goes, what are you doing out here? And I said, I'm getting gas. And she goes, but why, why here? And I said, cause I'm here. And she goes, are you living that thing right now? And I said, yeah. She goes, are you by yourself? Don't wait. And I said, yeah. I mean, she just lit up and I was like, I'm just, I love this woman. And then her granddaughter was in the car. And she's like, oh, honey, I would love to do what you do, but I couldn't do it. And I said, why? She says, oh, well, I have grandbabies and this and that. And I, I just, she goes, you're from California? That's far. And I said, oh, it's not that far, but everyone's far is different. And she said, I couldn't go that far. And I, and I thought about it for a second. Like when I became a widow, like what does that mean to me? It's going to mean something different for other widows. Same, but different, right? Like there was the loss, but what's the journey? So I said to her, which is, again, how I coach is, what does your freedom look like, right? And so I said to her and I said, is there a place, when do you have time off from your grandkids? She goes, oh, next Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm all by myself. I said, great. I said, do you want a journey like this kind of? And she goes, oh, I love that. And I, she goes, oh, but this is so far. So I said, great. Is there a place, maybe like, can you go an hour? Is an hour too far? She goes, oh no. I said, is there like a park or what do you imagine an hour away from you? And she goes, oh, there's this, and she just picked, she just painted this picture, this magical place. I go, okay, great. I said, how about Tuesday morning? You get up and you do your daily thing and you shower and you eat breakfast, whatever you do in the morning. 
and don't make any plans for the day. She goes, okay. And I said, grab, go, when you're done, grab your keys. She goes, okay. I said, then grab your purse. She goes, okay. I said, that's it. She goes, well, then what do I do then? And I said, okay, go to the front door. Where's your car parked? She goes, in the driveway. And I said, okay, open the door, shut the door. You got your keys, your purse, and you're outside your front door. She goes, yeah. I said, now go into your car. Don't turn it on and just sit there. She goes, okay, but why? And I said, have you ever gotten that far to get to the place that you want to go? She goes, oh, never. And I said, you, gra you grabbed your keys. That's farther than you've ever gone. You grabbed your purse. You walked out of the house and you're in your car that you don't ever have to turn on. You've gotten farther than you ever have going to your destination. And that's all you. You don't have to go anywhere. I said, but if you're brave, honey, I said, go block. I said, you can always turn around. And she goes, oh, I think I can do that. She's the one person I didn't get her contact. I'm so sad. But um, it's one of those things where we block ourselves a lot as humans with what we think we should or shouldn't do and what the experience is going to be like the skydive that I made. I made a confine of it mm -hmm. that was not loving, that was not freedom, that was not all that. And when I dropped it and was authentic and went, I'm going to surrender to this experience. She surrendered to the journey of going there, right? Not the getting there, the journey of it, grabbing her keys and her purse. And that's especially the big kind of home run for me after Robbie died was it's really this journey of loving myself and others in all moments. Cause I slipped, trust me, I have to be reminded, Elena, be kind to yourself because I'm ambitious like you, you know, you have four businesses, I have two or three and it's really, it's really this, this trip, um, which again, I teach women cause they want to know how to travel alone or they want to know how to just choose those there's themselves. Um, and it's a big, it's a really big thing. So I still had people ask the question. Yes, I still have the RV. Um, so I still have her. I bought between having a home and being out on the road. Uh, and uh, it was my freedom journey. It was me choosing me, even in spite of people around me saying, that's crazy. You shouldn't do it. You're alone on the road as a female. No way. That's the confines of, of what humans we do to ourselves when actually we, we, we can break those barriers or not even listen to those barriers, but we can still take, you know, like I teach my women safety, you know, right. literal safety. Right. Yeah. Literal safety. Have, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, there's <sighs> be prepared to wear it and ready. So yeah. So that's my, uh, my road trip. It was amazing. I, I've just adored our time together. I love how we've, you know, woven how gratitude work has been a part of your experiences in so many ways. I love how your growth mindset is what actually allowed you to really move forward after such a tragedy. Like you said, greatest gift, greatest tragedy of your life. And I want to I want to leave everyone with this, what you just said, which is so, so critical, which is when you bring love first, magic happens. Elena, I want to thank you for this incredible time together. I want to encourage people to connect with you. I know you've got, um, I know you do coaching. I know you've got new courses coming out. Where yeah, books. Do we find you? Yeah. Books, writing. Yeah. Where do we find you friend? Definitely. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was magical to be able to share and, um, you know, share with you and share with everyone that's listening. So 
Uh, my name is not easy to spell or pronounce, but uh, you can find me. So I am on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. Um, Pendulum Global is my corporate business. So if you go to Pendulum Global, you'll be able to find all about me there. My podcast as well, We Leaders. Um, they can also feel free to, to, to phone me 650-393-3924. I, I'm an open book in that way too. Um, and you can also message me at Elena at pendulumglobal.com. Um, any, any way you can get a hold of me, there's, there's numerous websites um, of mine. You can just Google me. You'll find me. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach out. No question or no statement or no, nothing is wrong for you to say to me or ask of me. It's, it's really about connection. Oh, well, I will say that for those that, you know, took the time to listen to your story and the things that we've shared in this interview, I know it's been worth all my time tonight, today to just be present in this moment with you and really feel, uh, you know, I don't often cry in podcast interviews and not, it was interesting how the emotion came not from your story of loss, but from those moments of you choosing authenticity and choosing love. And that's a powerful gift that you've given me today. So thank you for that. Really, really enjoyed this beginning of a friendship. Absolutely. And Definitely. just want to say just thank you again for just bringing your heart to us today. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm so appreciative to, for you to allow my voice to be heard, my story, and also to make impact in any way I can. So thank you for being the catalyst to that. It's huge. <laughs> awesome. Cheers. So amazing. <laughs> Friend, I sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Thanks for sticking around right to the end. Are you a friend of this podcast? Would you like to help me grow the podcast? I would love to hear from you. I've created a simple online survey that only takes a couple of minutes to complete. So if you've got a couple moments, I encourage you to check out bit.ly slash WUWG podcast survey. Basically, Wake Up With Gratitude podcast survey. Easy to find. You can also find it through SurveyMonkey. And I would just love to hear from you on what you would do to make this podcast even better. I'll post the link in the show notes as well. And again, it would just mean so much if you would take a couple of minutes to help me to make this podcast even better.